Welcome everyone to episode 6 of the NFNL podcast for season 2021. I'm Samuel Zito, joined this afternoon by Nick Sacco. Nicholas, amazing weekend of results right throughout the Northern Football Netball League. It was a great weekend of action right throughout uh, all competitions and um, we've generally started the, the look in, in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, but there was some there was some significant storylines to come out of that one as well. What did you make of the weekend as a whole? Yeah, thanks, Samuel. You're absolutely right. Some incredible results when you think about it, and in the context of each of those seasons as well, it could really paint the picture in terms of what some of these sides might produce in the coming weeks. So um, I'm looking forward to talking about a wide range of matches um, throughout the weekend. And uh, I know the one that probably generated the most interest on... Saturday night, uh, as a result of the Saturday afternoon games, was the game that was played at the Whittlesea Showgrounds. Mm. Whittlesea getting the win over North Heidelberg. It's a remarkable storyline, a side that goes in without a win, the only, uh, although bottom of the table in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, taking on the only side that hadn't lost a game in North Heidelberg. Yet it's the Eagles who saw and produced their first win since returning to the top flight, of course, on the back of the Premiership win back in 2019. But... It's a result. Did did anyone see that one coming? No way. You could not have imagined of this uh, game. Probably the biggest upset of the season across all three divisions, I feel like, as well. But um, we'll see. Just dominant at home. Paul Higgins kicking six goals, really leading the way there for the Eagles. But I guess even the score was a big surprise as well because when you think about it, we'll see... Uh, they averaged 52 points this season coming into that game and, you know, they managed to get their highest score. But then North Heidelberg averaged about 111 a game and they only managed to get the 59. So... Not only with the result, but the, the manner in which it happened as well. Um, an incredible surprise, but a great win for Blair Harvey and his men. I'm sure that would really help getting a win like that and getting their confidence up. Absolutely, with some significant players still to come into the side. We'll have a chat with Blair in uh, uh, later in the program as well, but a significant one. I'm glad you mentioned Paul Higgins from the outset there as well, Nick, because... It was a, a masterstroke to, to push him forward this week. He kicked six, kicked five goals in the opening half and was the difference in the end. It's just, I mean, I know you, you mentioned Whittlesey there produced a, a three-goal higher score than their average has been this year, but, but by and large, still a, a lower-scoring game. And, yeah. and to, for him to kick six, a, a significant contribution. As I said, five goals prior to half time with some players to come back in. For North Heidelberg, had some, some stars out. Brent Harvey didn't play. Jackson Starsevich came out of the previous week's side, and, and so too did, did Doug Morris. But it's... I mean, you never want to lose a game of footy. They've no. made a great start, so 4 and one's a, a brilliant place to be. But it then, uh, I guess for them, the... the a bit of pill to swallow as a result of this is you look at their run of fixtures coming up over yeah. the next month and all of a sudden the dogs will they've lost top position as a result of of Saturday's loss um Bandura has now jumped to the top of the ladder and, and the doggies themselves in a pretty close run race have uh, have slipped down in fact no they've just hung on to to top <laughs> spot I should say so they're 0.31 on top of the ladder that's updated since uh, since this morning with a fix of one of the scores so uh, North Heidelberg top 145.95 is their percentage. Bandura second, 145.64. And they're on equal points with both West Preston Lakeside and also with Greensboro. They're all 4-1. and one. You look at North Heidelberg's fixtures to come in the next month and it's going to really give us the, the best indication as to, to where they're at. And I'm sure internally it's a, it's a great challenge that they're looking forward to. But the next month of footy there, this week at home to Bandura. And then it's off to Greensboro next weekend. Then home trips, uh, home matches rather, I should say, against West Preston Lakeside and also Heidelberg. So take on their fellow compatriots inside the top five and, and what a challenge to come. But it wasn't ideal to, to drop a game against the bottom place side ahead of that run of fixtures. Yeah, absolutely, Samuel. And I mean, there are massive four weeks ahead for this club and 
you're right, it's not always great to lose, but it might be something that they really need to just give them a little bit of a reality check heading into the rest of the season. Like you said, they had some names out of that team as well, so they might not be as disappointed with their performance. On the contrary as well, probably not great to lose a game like that coming into those fixtures. You still want to give yourselves a bit of head of steam. I'm sure they would have rather that undefeated start heading into it, giving themselves every chance. But, yeah, um, it'll be an interesting response from North Heidelberg next week, yeah, at least. I'd, uh, I'd imagine that's it. that's going to be a cracking game, the top two sides going uh, toe-to-toe. Uh, Bandura coming in off, off four straight wins, and, and North Heidelberg, as we know now, uh, for them, unfortunately, their, their first loss of the season. On, on t- in terms of that result, uh, in broader and bigger picture, I guess we, we probably take it for granted how even our Division 1 competition, and many of our senior competitions have been uh, over the course of the journey, but it's remarkable to think that as much as it is a surprise, yeah, and we do say it's, it's the biggest surprise we've seen to this point of the year, it's not an absolute shock when you, when you see a result like that, given how even our competition's been. We talked about Whittlesey back in, I think it was 2017, beat Bandura twice, Bandura wins the Premiership, Whittlesey avoids relegation by by winning those games against Bandura yep. that season, and it was percentage um, that separated them and Altham. Uh, we've seen it over the course of the journey. Northcote Park now, the only winless uh, side going uh, into round six of, of Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. Their biggest loss is, is less than eight goals still. So mm. you, you can, when you see some of the blowouts that you, know, you get at community level and, and, and even in, in top-flight competitions, I mean, it's it's remarkable how even our our competition continues to stay, and then even by looking at the weekend, when you see sides like McLeod, who now has their first win, but they've challenged sides inside the top half of the table. We've seen, you know, Montmorency. I know they're outside at the moment, but beaten Greensboro already within a quarter of, of beating you know North Heidelberg as well the week after that. I know that they didn't get the result, but you know, to be in front for, for three quarters, we, we, we're pretty, pretty lucky to have a competition like this which continues to, to give opportunities to, to all 10 teams in the top flight to, to win on any given week. Yeah, absolutely blessed. And I, I believe we spoke about the evenness of the competition at the start of, our, of the podcast, uh, at the first episode, and we spoke, you know, there was no side that was really going to be, you know, a big distance between one or the other. There was not going to be a side that was, you know, probably not going to win a game for the year or another side that was going to go undefeated. And we've already seen it in these first five games, the amount of results and the incredible results we've had and you know, I'm sure, and Northcote Park have challenged at times against these top sides as well, so you know it's only a matter of time before they get their first win of the season, but yeah it's an it's an incredible competition, it always has been Division 1 I feel like, so um Hopefully we can continue to see these uh, results happening. Absolutely. We, uh, we we look forward to what comes up every every given Saturday. Um, on the reigning Premier West Preston Lakeside, it was a case of no Saad, no worries. We know that when you've got a you know, a player up in the forward half like Ahmed Saad, that there, can always, there always is going to be attention on him. He missed the weekend's game against Heidelberg. And it was a, a game which, I mean, in a home and away sense, it was... West Preston needing to, to break a hoodoo. They hadn't won at Warringal Park since the year 2000, which, given the success the clubs had you know, during that period of time, four senior premierships is, is quite surprising. They had a draw in 2012, but uh, no win since 2000. But in more recent times as well, the, obviously the, the dual reigning premier, they're coming up against uh, a side which has had a great start to the year. But uh, you, when you look at the, the previous three years in the, the Rob Mayorana reign since 2017, they've always finished, um, other than in 2019, higher on the ladder than Heidelberg. 
with the caveat that in 2019, despite finishing lower on the ladder, they, they go on and win the premiership. But uh, it, it's quite surprising to then look at that and, and, and see that they hadn't won a, a regular season match against Heidelberg since round one in 2017. That was a day where it's actually Ahmed Saad's first game for the club and he, he produced oh, a, a highlights-filled uh, performance to, to get his side over the line. And so, hasn't stopped since. Yeah, exactly right. It was a, I guess it was just a, an entree of, of what was to come. But to think that um, you know they went into that game on the weekend... Without Saad, with a, uh, without Nathan Valadares as well, their, their other co-captain as well. But if you had said to me that you know that those two are both out and both Liam McVeigh and Jalen Thorpe won't kick a goal, I'd have said I'd be pretty confident they'd lose that game. But it was a, a really rounded performance. It was it was a brilliant game of football. 18 points at the end of it didn't really reflect the the, the true um, competitiveness of, of that game. There, the lead changed hands quite a few times, and it was a a cracking contest. But for West Preston Lakeside, it's Real, um, yeah, a real testament to them to be able to get that contribution across 22 players to come away from Warringal Park with that 18-point win. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was already a highly anticipated match coming into it, let alone the historical factors as well. But it was Matty Vincentorio that kicked the four goals out really stood up for his side and he was able, able to keep themselves going in that one. So Yeah, and, and good goals too, really. Yeah. The, the, the kind of goals you want, you're crumbing forward to kick, getting front and centre. There's a, one in particular that, I mean, his left foot kick, but on, on the right foot running away from goal mm. that uh, he bent back as, as well in the... Uh, well, in, in the second quarter, I believe, I believe it was, but uh, really important goals uh, prior to half-time and three-quarter time. And he stood up in a few big games. I'll go back to the prelim final in 2018. He was, was dominant against North Heidelberg. Yeah. I think he kicked forward that day as well. But it, they're the, the newer leaders that, that come through the side and, uh, and take charge when, when obviously the two players with the, the captain, the C next to their name, aren't out there on, on a Saturday. Yeah, and just looking at the result as well, it seemed like the Roosters were pretty comfortable for the majority of that contest. I know it was a close game on the scoreboard, but... I don't know, they just seemed to, to really impress me. It was eight goals to five after half time and they were able to, you know, contain themselves, absorb the pressure from Heidelberg and, and keep their lead going into that last quarter. A couple of important goals from some of their, yeah. their leaders well, in that one too. Well, Urkelano kicked a really important yeah. one um, right after the three-quarter time buzzer. Uh, they did finish with three of the last four but, but always had their, their nose in front when it counted and, yep. and the last two goals. There's, uh, there's one, if you ever just watch the tape and you want to know why Luke LaRossi is such a star of the competition, actually didn't, he actually almost had a negative impact on, on this particular one, but the match-winning goal was kicked by uh, Sandy Pepper Egan in the marking oh, contest. Yeah. Watch, the, watch the marking contest. LaRosse right. going back with the flight, never deviates his eyes from the ball, flew at it, and uh, it was his teammate who marked it coming the other way, but he didn't know what was coming. And he, he wrote the hit, and, and you look at it and you think he's just... <laughs> he's got that much courage, it's, uh, it's incredible. Wouldn't and, expect uh, anything less. Exactly right. And uh, with the game on the line, that's the, the kind of acts to get you the win, although in, in this instance, he, he nearly uh, forced his teammate to spill it. But when you watch it, he's, <laughs> his eyes just... It's, it's incredible just the, the, nah. the attack he has on, on the football. Um, uh, McLeod got its first win, um, so that was an important one. They, they stay in touch now, given some of the other results from, from around the competition. There's still two games and percentage outside. Uh, obviously, Whittlesey with, with them now on, on one win and, and four losses. The Roos, we saw them in 2019 come from Norton 4, got inside the top five with a month to go and then faltered late. Can they repeat that but perhaps hold on? Do, do you think they're, they're capable of, uh, you know, now with that, that win at Montmorency, of making somewhat of a charge? Yeah, look, it was always going to be a confidence-boosting win to get over a side like Montmorency as well, who have had their ups and downs as well throughout the season. They're a hard um, one to pick. It's it, Jekyll and Hyde with Montmorency. <laughs> it really is. Um, but that was another close game all day. The, the margin didn't exceed four points either at either break, really. And then 
Um, they were able to just put the foot down a little bit. Paddy Flynn outstanding with his leadership in that one. Just really dominated that game in a best-on-ground performance and helped his side get the win. And, you know, looking at this game as well, particularly, they, they probably could have won by more. They kicked three goals, seven in the third quarter. They had eight more scoring shots for the entire match. And then coming into it, yeah, they probably should have won by a little bit more. But at that same token... It's good for them that they've been able to get this win and really try and set their season up. They've got Wills here next week, and I know we've just spoken about how great they've been, but um, coming off the back of a, of a game against Montmorency and going into the Eagles match, um, it might give McLeod a little bit of a chance to, to give themselves some belief in heading into it. Whether they can repeat those efforts again coming in um, to that 2019 season that you mentioned before, I'm not entirely sure. I feel like the teams at the top are very talented, and they are... You need some good wins against them to uh, really staple well, you. Well, they're uh, going to be the important ones, aren't they? You look at their, their next run of fixtures as well, Nick, and, and their four of the next five games are at Dewinton Park. So yeah. it starts with Whittlesea, then it's a trip to, to West Preston Lakeside, but then it's three successive games, um, given they had to flip an early game with, with the ground unavailability. Yes, some tough opposition, but but as you said, they're going to have to beat those sides yeah. now to, to bridge the gap as it is. So uh, obviously on the home deck, it gives them more opportunity. Um, on Just quickly on Montmorency, you mentioned them. They're, I mean, they're, they're a frustrating side in, in many ways because we've seen their best in, in that come from behind win against Greensborough. Um, we saw them play three really good quarters of footy against North Heidelberg, then falter in the uh, in the last 15 minutes, and then on the weekend you would have you would have been confident that they would get the job done mm. if they could continue that form line. Couldn't do so. They had just in the second, uh, sorry, third and fourth quarters, both quarters conceded runs of goals, and uh, and that's cost them the game. We talked um, a few weeks ago about an impressive um, debut by Darcy Wilmot. Well, they had another one on the weekend too, who really uh, impressed in, in his senior debut. And when you look at their forward line, we talk a lot about Paddy Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald still kicked the, the five goals, and he actually was, uh, again, a really dominant force. His, his form of late's been really good, and, mm. and he kicked the five. But uh, chiming in with, with four goals on his debut was young Bronson Hill, and he kicked three in the first quarter. Nine, the first nine goals Montmorency kicked by Bronson Hill and Paddy Fitzgerald wasn't enough to, to get them across the line. But, um, yeah, an impressive debut. So they're finding kids, but I think the final result was, was obviously one that's disappointing for them. And uh, on, on the other winners as well, Bandura and Greensboro won games where they started as favourite and got the win. Good to see Danny Union back in, in Bandura colours. And for Greensboro, well, they were inaccurate, but they had some good players out. No Nathan Rovat, no Tom Bell on the weekend. Uh, uh, some good ones to, to probably come in into the side in, in coming weeks as well. Zach McCubbin didn't play after kicking three the week prior, so they'll get some good ones back in their side, so a good win for Greensboro. Banyul and Eltham was the broadcast game on Saturday. bit hard to know what to take away from it. It was a, a defensive game in, in many aspects, maybe not so much. in The ball moved around a bit, but both defences mm. certainly held up. Eltham didn't kick a goal to the 20-minute mark of the third quarter, only lost by two goals. Do we take away a lot from that one, or is it a case with the outs that Altham had, given there was no Tim Curry, Michael Still, host of others as well that weren't there, that uh, it's hard to, to get a read as to as to what to take away? Yeah, very difficult one. And I mean, they were coming off a great win against Diamond Creek, but those names out, you can never get a good read on a side with those names. But then talked about as well Banyul and how great they've been. There's an undefeated start for them coming into the competition. And 
Um, I believe you said it as well. They showed some of those premiership qualities in that and the fact that they were able to defend the Panthers really well in that contest. So, um, yeah, an interesting read on that one. I'm sure it would have been an interesting game to broadcast yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because it's not so much the names uh, as such. Everyone, every club's going to have good players missing, but for Elton, they just didn't have any height at all in, mm. in, in, or, or, you know, going forward, uh, and, and, and it was a struggle for them. Um, so, obviously, it's, it's when you've got Curry and still you've got key position players out to force Williamson into the ruck without Tom Kent well yeah. being there as well so that was a challenge but but Banyol, I mean, the, some of their, their back line, um, I mean, all, all, you know, as a defensive unit, they're incredible. Eltham didn't look like scoring a goal for, f- until they finally got one. It, uh, it really was a case of, of Banyol's back line looking impenetrable for, for most of the game, led by Nick Bisconton and also by Jacob Mitchell. They were, they were outstanding through the middle. Brenton Stanton and, and Riley Lowton had, had really good games as well. So they're in good form. And, and Tim Martin, um, you know, is a dominant ruckman and, and, and really led, the, uh, led that midfield as well. So for for Van Yule, I think, yes, it's um, a game where it got hairy late for them. I think they were in complete control and then mm. uh, Altham came with the charge. They were able to, to withstand that, but um, I, I think there was a lot of signs in that, that, yeah, for, for three quarters, it was a complete performance to, to literally shut out a side. And then, uh, I guess, the last quarter, well, it, it didn't maybe quite go to script for them. Did miss a lot of easy goals as well that uh, would have sealed the game had they kicked straight a bit earlier in the piece. Uh, for Diamond Creek, uh, they took on Thomastown and produced probably their best win under Andrew Tranquilly. Um, you know, it's a really close game. One didn't go the way the week prior. This week it did. It was uh, almost carbon copies, similar score lines and everything. Not, not high scoring games, but they, they get the, the points in a, in a nine-point nine result. And they maintain, you know, a really good spot on the ladder now. After after five rounds of footy, there's, there's Diamond Creek. They're sitting just behind uh, Banyul, uh, obviously a game behind, but they're in second spot, uh, percentage above both Lowell Plenty and now St Mary's. But having played one fewer game than St Mary's, and, and obviously with that, with Eltham now having played the six as well and only won three games, there's uh, yeah, there's plenty to be optimistic about down at Diamond Creek. Yeah, definitely. And it was an intriguing match going into it as well. I mean, Thomastown, obviously still no Capici, but um, Diamond Creek didn't have McPherson as well coming into that one. So it was always going to be a little bit difficult. But again, we've talked about how many close games has already been in the competition. Well, this one was no exception Again, the margin didn't exceed four points either way at each break. Um, and then coming into that last quarter, it was almost anybody's game. But uh, I think the fact that Diamond Creek were able to just get that ball forward in a lot more. They had eight scoring shots to five, and they were, uh, to three rather. They were able to get in with the win. And I guess just another example of not being able to put the game away when they probably could have. They had nine extra scoring shots compared to Thomastown, and you feel like a few of those behinds turn to goals earlier in the piece and they get the job done. But a fantastic win for Diamond Creek. They've been one of the biggest improvers in Division 2 so far, you feel, and um, yeah, their well, fixture next week against Banyol was very intriguing yeah, now. top two sides play yeah. each other in all grades uh, in the men's this week with uh, uh, Lorimer against South Morang in, in uh, Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. We mentioned North Heidelberg taking on um, Bandura in the top flight and then of course in as we said just the game you've, you've just mentioned now in, in mc labor division two diamond creek away to banyul so pretty remarkable that, uh, week of fixturing we've got coming up and uh, and plenty of uh, entertaining action or i guess around there for, for everyone watching football in the northern football netball league two two hard actually before we go to hold golf club division uh, three we'll touch on panton hill because they've become mm. a, a bit of a story over the last two weeks in mc labor division two and it's been Yes, two wins against sides at the bottom end of the table, but after getting thrashed uh, by St Mary's where they only managed one goal, their response has been outstanding. A 55-point win over Epping, and then at the weekend, leading by two points at halftime, 
pile on 13 of the last 14 goals to, to romp to victory against the Fitzroy Stars. And now they're feeling pretty pretty comfortable in, in that second division after winning the flag in, in 2019 in third division. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you always felt like they would beat Fitzroy Stars considering how they've been going. But the fashion they've done it in is outstanding. 89 points, sorry, 79 points rather that victory being. And now... Two in a row, and it, it's going to get interesting for them in the next few weeks. They have Lower Plenty next week, who are one of those top sides fighting in those finals contenders. But when you're coming off the back of wins like that, a real confidence boost, no doubt, for them coming yeah, into it. Yeah, and now the challenge is going to be, as you say, to bring that form in, yeah. in against good sides. They really challenged Diamond Creek in, in round one, and you know, they they looked like like winners at stages during that last quarter, but they couldn't hold on late. Um obviously had their, their challenges against both of, of Altham and also St Mary's. But their last two weeks, uh, yeah, they've got things right, right back on track. They're scoring heavily and they'd have to take some confidence to that game now. And we know on their home ground, it's not an easy ground to plant at, at Cracknell Reserve. The irony is, and we said this last week as well, we thought their, win, their wins this year, would the ones that they registered would, would predominantly come at home. They've been in outstanding touch away from home over the last two weeks. But over, over the next two weeks at Cracknell Reserve, they take on... Uh, Lowell Plenty and Banyul and I guess the yeah. challenge for them now is to, to display the form they showed over the past fortnight. Yeah, absolutely and I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do um, go to those games and, and just seeing what they're about. I mean we don't expect Panton Hill to, you know, be a finals contending team this season. They've just come up from Division 3 but um, it would be great for them to even pinch a few of those wins heading late into the season um, and then just building from there to a future in Division 2. Well, absolutely. And the big thing for them now as well is that they can look forward without having to worry too much, too fur- much further back. They've got breathing space between them and the bottom of the table. Mm. And I think it just gives them that extra sense of optimism going forward. But you'd have to like the way they've gone about business over the past two weeks. Uh, on Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 front... Heidelberg West, that's a great response. They were really disappointing last week. Yeah. We questioned, was it going to be a situation of deja vu where in 2019, won the first five games, then completely fell by the wayside and didn't play finals. This year, won the first four, had a, uh, sorry, won the first three, had a heavy loss against Kilmore. And we wondered, will this be the, the result that derails them? Anything but they were underdogs at home against Lorimer and they produced one of their better wins of recent times to, to get the result they now stay within touching distance of the Panther, just uh, of the power, I should say, just percentage behind them in that uh, quest for a top two spot. And it's a, a real uh, character-building victory. Uh, I know just reading some comments from their coach, Michael Misson, as well, that they, they understand the importance of that win. It was really one that they can... Um, <laughs> look, I think they're the kind of wins that give you confidence going forward. But when the going gets tough down the track, mm. you can go back and say, we did it you know, against a really good side in round five. No reason why... You know, whatever that opportunity, that uh, obstacle that's ahead of them on any given day, well, they can't uh, can't jump over that one. But a really good win and, and one for, for the competition, which just opens things up because yeah. we, th- we thought it could potentially be a case of the top two then starting to streak away. If, if Lorimer won that one there, well, Heidelberg West certainly put their hand up in a big way to say they are a, ma- a major player this year. Yeah, a perfect response from last week against a side that hadn't lost the game and were tracking pretty well themselves. So um, a brilliant win for them. Lorimer... Eight goals, twenty doesn't really, no. really help their cause either. Two eleven to half time. Yeah, not not a great um, ideal response there from Lorimer, which again it, it brings their game against South Morang next week of more vital importance for them because they've dropped that one now coming into a side like South Morang, who you know can can dominate going forward. So yeah, um, yeah in terms of the Hawks and, and Michael Misson would have said it fantastic. They know how important that is for them, and I'm sure they'll build on that a lot coming into the next few weeks. Seems to be a greater spread now now that. 
dates through that, that Heidelberg West side. Mm. In, in years gone by, you, you expected the likes of Coulson and, and Mickey to really have to, to drive that side. But you look at them this year and a lot more contributors going through that side. And as you always know, they say the, you know, the champion team will beat the team of champions. Yeah. And, and it just, for, for mine, feels like they're getting more out of uh, a greater spread of players at the weekend. Ryan Offer uh, was, was their best player. But uh, even looking up, up forward and, and you see the, the, the goal spread, they've kicked 12 goals and had you know, goals coming from 11 different sources. Only one player kicked multiples. Mm. As an opposition team, that, that's, that's really hard to shut down. For Lorimer, well... There's no such thing as the loss you need to have. I think every side wants to win every game, but but sometimes it just sharpens you yep. up, and, and they've got a big test, as you say, this week. We know in in third division, it's the top four finals, which means only two sides get a double chance, and uh, after dropping one to Heidelberg West at the weekend, it makes, as you say, th- this one against South Morang really crucial. Old Upham Collegians is starting to, to come with a, a, a bit of a, a hurry in, in, in third division. They had a really big win over Mernda. We, we talked about this game last week, as saying uh, in, a, in a race of the top four where... You know, we already have South Morang and Lorimer putting their hands up, so to Heidelberg West and Kilmore. There might have only been space for, for one of uh, Old Altham and, and Mernda to, to really stay in the, the finals race going forward. And it was a massive statement by the Turtles. They they built a, a big lead early and, and were never really troubled in the end in, in a win by, by seven goals. But if you look at their, their run of form, uh, you take out their big loss in round one against Heidelberg West, which for them, maybe that's just the outlier and one they can just forget about. But you'd have to say that their last month of footy has been pretty good. Mm. They've had a, a five-goal loss to South Morang where the margin blew out late. It was a really close game, that one there, for, for three and a half quarters. Got the win against Laylor. Against Lorimer, lost by three goals. No shame in that one. And now it's a, a big win against Mernda. Looking at that, to say two wins and the two losses against the top two sides there's probably has to be reason for, for a bit of optimism down at, yeah. uh, at Altham College. Yeah, they're right in the hunt now, old of them. And um, a, a great win against Mernda, and it really helps their cause in what they want to do. And it starts to build pressure now in that top four. They play Reservoir next week where you feel like they'll win that one. And, yeah, all of a sudden, those top four teams, especially seeing a South Morang and Lorimer play each other, you know, Mernda's got a tough one coming up for them as well. And there's a few other teams, Heidelberg West. I know they're not exactly guaranteed. They probably will win their fixture as well. But, you know, a couple of those top sides start to drop some games and Old Alpham continuing this form. And, again, it might really give them an opportunity to jump them. I know it's early in the season to really predict that. But, but yeah, they, right they now. Are, they are an improved side. On mm. what we saw in 2019, Fraser Cloney kicked four in the weekend. Unfortunately, uh, was injured during the third term, so uh, his day ended. So you'd hope from from his perspective that uh, he's back on the park soon enough. He's been a really good goal kicker this year with, with 12 majors to his name. Tim Woods is having a, a good year for, for Old Altham. He kicked three as well, and um, and Thomas Cleary was was outstanding in that in that win against Munda as uh, as we've just mentioned. So that's the the look at the things from the the men's football competitions on in the women's. Um, football. The, the the competitions have now been set. There's, there'll be three uh, divisions in Mervac Division, uh, Mervac Women's uh, in the NFNL. So it's going to be a larger Division One with uh, 11 teams competing in the top flight, and then it's a breakdown of six and six in both uh, Mervac Division Two Women's and Mervac Division Three Women's. Uh, the, the reason for for the larger um, Division One is is uh, the football manager, football operations manager Simon Devines explained to, to clubs is the fact there's probably four clubs at the top end that uh, are going to be you know, really strong. We saw that through grading, but a bit hard to make it a, a four-team division at the top. Mm. So the uh, next seven as such, the Division 
1A it was almost classified as have gone into that pool in Division 1. I think you'll see the fixturing, the way it's done, is that most of those those seven will just play each other throughout the course of the year. I think there's they'll play one game against though, that top four as such that, that dominated yeah. through grading. So it gives them some opportunities, but also... Some, to win plenty of games still, but also to still test yourself against the better sides. And at the weekend, um, some big games that were played. The big one probably was the one between Diamond Creek Women's and Montmorency. Both sides went through grading in, in really impressive fashion. Diamond Creek Women's has, has made the, the big statement early in the year with, with some big wins and, and look like the one that um, could well be become the, the premiership favourite early in the piece. They started really well. Uh, in their game against Montmorency and looked like they might uh, might romp to victory. It didn't, uh, well, they, they still got the result, but it didn't uh, pan out to be uh, a one-sided game by, by any stretch of the imagination. Montmorency certainly kicked back after half-time, trailing by, well, they were 24 points down at, at quarter time, 16 at half-time, and then uh, the final margin finished at just nine. So uh, two sides who have started the season in really good form and, and played out a, a really good game at, at the weekend. Monique Di Matteo is one that um, we'll keep a close on throughout the course of the year for, for Diamond Creek women. So she was the coach's MVP in the inaugural season of the um, women's competition in playing in second division for, for West Preston Lakeside. Spent some time with Essendon VFL. It's come back into the competition this year with, with Diamond Creek women's. It's had a, a brilliant start to the year. So she was, she was best of field in that one there. And I guess one of the other really remarkable things to come out of the weekend and you, you, I mean, we like to obviously the reason, whole reason for grading is to, to make it competitions as even as possible. But you look at the second division, three games, two draws, and the other one decided by 11 points. Oh. I can't remember a, a competition ever in, in my time with the league to see two draws, two draws on, yeah. on the same weekend in, in one competition. Yeah, it's pretty incredible when you think about it. And again, I just, it shows the competitive nature and the evenness that these competitions are bringing out. Yeah, two draws. This is pretty remarkable when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, that's, that, as I said, taking place in, in Mervac Division 2 women. So one of, the, one of which was played out between Hurstbridge and Montmorency 2, that playing out a, a four-goal 9-33 uh, draw against... Uh, one another, so it's, it almost feels unheard of to get t- two on the same day. Um, that game there was, was close all the way through in, uh, in each of the, the quarter breaks, and then also Darabin, two, and, and Wallen playing at a, a three goal four twenty two 22 uh, draw as well. Where the scores were pretty, uh, pretty close um, all the way through, and the last quarter opened up a bit. There was uh, only six goals kicked for the game, four of which came in the last quarter, and, and uh, nothing could separate the two sides when the final siren sounded. And on Friday night, the netball grading came to an end. So obviously, it's always a, a tough one on a netball perspective because you're looking at you know 98 teams in action, 49 mm. games uh, on a Friday night, and and, and it can be a, a tough process as to determine how the uh, how the competitions get, get graded from there, especially with um, the, the number of teams uh, each club has. So just trying to determine which players will play in which team. I know the clubs are fantastic in giving honest feedback as to where they, they feel that their sides will rank and, and also providing it because it's not about just looking at results. It's also getting an understanding on results. And we spoke with NFNL netball manager Dalwin Berry a few weeks ago about this process. But sometimes you'll look at a result and think, yep, that, that side might be um, you know struggling. But they'll, they'll come and, and say, no, no, we had a few players unavailable and, and hence the, the margin blew out 
and, and, and which is great because you want clubs to, to, to provide that feedback because you don't want them then graded in a low, lower division and all of a sudden once the season starts, they're, they're, they're dominating a competition, which is well, it's not great for the opposition, but it's not great for them as well, playing mm-hmm. in a competition where they're, they're far superior. So, um, yeah, it's, it's four weeks into the season now. So all of the divisions and fixtures will be announced shortly at the time of our recording. We unfortunately don't have those for you, but now we get a clearer picture going forward, which um, as much as we love the grading, it's, it makes it tough from a, a commentary perspective for us as, as pundits because of the fact that we just don't know exactly where, where each team fits into the, uh, the bigger picture of things. So now with um, the four grading rounds completed and, uh, and I guess the you know, post-grading season to start from here, yep. we can get a, a clearer picture as to, to where everyone stands in the scheme of things and, uh, and certainly an exciting season to, to look forward to as well. So uh, we'll have uh, more of that uh, from, from next week's edition onwards once we get a clearer picture of where, where each, each team rather sits in, in their, their division. But looking at 13 sections of netball, which is a remarkable achievement uh, from, you know, from, from small things, big things grow. And, mm. and certainly that's been the case with our, our netball competition. Now we're going to have a chat with the coach of the Whittlesea senior men's football team, Blair Harvey. His side producing the result of the weekend with the upset win over North Heidelberg. Blair, to uh, give us an insight into what it's been like to, to come back into the top flight with Whittlesea and, of course, uh, produce their best performance of the season and, uh, and take away uh, a 13-point upset win over North Heidelberg. Here's Blair Harvey. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the coach of Whittlesea's senior men's football team, Blair Harvey. Blair, congratulations on the win at the weekend. It's obviously been one that's um, drawn plenty of attention given the fact that you took on the undefeated North Heidelberg. Yourselves hadn't won a game and and yet uh, you were able to produce your best performance of the season to to get your first win now since coming back to the top flight. Uh, again, congratulations. But but what do you make of that uh, that win over North on Saturday? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, well, for our confidence um, and obviously belief as well, back in Division One to get a win, um, obviously against a quality side, uh, is really important. Um, so we've had some injuries along the way early, um, so we've been able to tie a few younger boys out, and, and it was quite a reward for effort really for a lot of our guys that um, worked super hard over the pre-season, got their opportunity, and they're taking it. So it was a great result for. Um, those guys for sure. I mean, it's always a a tough, Whittlesea's always been a a tough ground for for visiting sides to go to and um, I guess if you you look at your performances throughout the course of of this season so far, there were probably some signs that that you were starting to to build. Um, You you mentioned you've had some injuries there but you'd gone out to to West Preston Lakeside, the the reigning premiers and and lost there by by just three goals. Um, Did you get some some confidence out of that performance to to take into this one here to, to, to tell your boys that you know, when when you're at your best, that that you're certainly capable. Uh, definitely. Like we, uh, yeah, as you said, we lost to um, West Preston the week before. Uh, Bundura really got a hold of us and beat us by only 13 goals. Um, so we made some changes, uh, and also we addressed a few areas that we needed to improve on. And a lot of it was based on effort and you know, really trying to play the best we can and being the best we can all time. Um, basically, we think that. Consistency is a big thing in Division One, um, and the first four games we just didn't show four cause of consistency. Even the game against West Preston, we were a lot better than we were the game before Bandura, um, but we still had lapses in that game which hurt us. So we took a lot of confidence definitely out of the West Preston loss, um, thinking you know like they've won the last two premierships, and if we can get sort of within three goals of them, 
our best might be good enough um, going forward. And, yeah, we're lucky enough on Saturday that we were really consistent for four quarters and we come along with, come away with a win. Uh, the uh, the move of, of Paul Higgins to the forward line, who takes uh, credit for, for that master stroke? He kicked six <laughs> goals, five in the in the first half, and, and uh, obviously was, was one of the, the prominent players in the win, but um, obviously a, a bit of a different setup to, to send a player that we haven't really seen play forward uh, for, for quite some time to, to be able to, to, um, to you know, swing that change and, and get a result first up. But um, obviously it was a, a really significant move in, in the context of the game. Yeah, we sort of did our homework with North Heidelberg and um, we knew that they were reasonably small down back, um, pretty fast but small. So we were able to have a couple of tools in there and then Paul going down there as well sort of gave us a medium size with a bit of pace that we thought that we might be able to get a mismatch there. We had trialled him through that pre-season as a forward. Um, he's such a good player for us that he's got that versatility that he won our best and fairest in 2019 on the half-back flank. He was team of the year on the half-back flank. Um, so he's really good competitor. And we think that when he was, what we were hoping, that his defensive pressure, um, when he went forward, would sort of help us out. And he was super with that defensive pressure. And also he got a lot of reward for the pressure that he put on early. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a... I'm not a risk of a game. It was something that we wanted to try. It doesn't always work for you, and we're lucky enough on the weekend it did work for us. Interesting to know, at, at half-time, I mean, you guys made the, the, the good start, and you, you were a couple of goals up at uh, at quarter-time, but North uh, responded in the second. They kicked, I think it was three of the last four goals going into to half-time, and, and they just uh, they took them in. It was only a small lead, one point, but they just seemed to, to get a little bit of ascendancy um, before half-time. What's the message at half-time to get the boys back on track and, and get a response in, albeit a low-scoring second half, but a uh, response that ensured you, you got the four points? Yeah, well, we spoke about, again, consistency. Um, we did have some lapses through that second quarter. Not as bad as we have in previous games, but... It was about, you know, we're in a position now to possibly win this game. So just, again, it's, you know, four quarters of effort. Like really dig in here and, you know, just really push ourselves and make sure that everyone around the ground, like we've got leaders on every line and make sure that they're all vocal and pushing everyone to make sure that we stay at a level that we need to be. Because we think that if we can play a consistent brand of football at a level that is required, um, we give ourselves every chance. When we uh, drop off with that consistency and obviously the level, we're vulnerable against any side. So um, that's our message obviously going forward. And it has been the whole year about consistency for that four-quarter effort. I mean, going into this uh, new campaign, it's it's been obviously a long time coming. You didn't get the opportunity to, to play last year, but but going up a grade, I mean, how hard was that to win a premiership and then not be able to carry on a little bit of that momentum because of, of the season we had last year being cancelled? How much of a challenge has that been now to, to have the side ready to go in their, in their return to the top flight? Uh, well, it was hard. I'm sure every club went through it as well, where um, I suppose for us, that having that year off wasn't great, really, because we did have that bit of a momentum coming off that premiership. Um, knowing that a lot of Division club, 1 clubs were training super hard through that period as well. We were, but I don't think we trained as hard as what we should have. Um, obviously, we came up to Greensboro round one, um, which we requested to play. Just wanted to see where we're at. And we sort of touched up pretty convincingly. Knowing, and sorry, we walked away from that knowing oh, we, we most probably didn't apply ourselves as hard as we should through that kind of a period. Um, so we're working on that now to you know, educate our players better and also be better as a club to try and make sure that you know we can be the best prepared side we are going forward because I reckon we 
dropped the ball a little bit through that period, unfortunately. With um, the, the the round two loss to Heidelberg, it was definitely a better performance, and and you're right in the game for for the majority fell away late. It was a, a strange game in that both sides were you know limited by the n- number of injuries they had. So from early in the piece, it was it was always going to be a, a battle of attrition. But uh, in that game, and in particular, players like uh, Jared Murphy and, and Matt Adder went down. Are, are we any closer to seeing them getting getting back into the senior time anytime soon? Uh, well, yeah, hopefully. Um, or Jaron broke his collarbone. Uh, Matt had a, had a, has got a PCL knee injury, so they're still a bit away. Um, we like, we think Jaron will be back by around Queen's, just before Queen's birthday, or we may even give him an extra week off with the Queen's birthday break and come back after that. Um, and Matt had a most probably his well, it was mostly an eight to ten week injury. He doesn't need surgery. Uh, it's still going to need a lot of time to just heal and get that strength back into it and also get some fitness back up again as well before we see him. So I'd say possibly in the second half of the year that we'll get him back. So, yeah, there's, there's a few others too. Um, Jake Wild broke his hand, so he's not far away. Cam Wild, he's not far away. He's suspended. So we've got some players that come back. Um, but, you know, it's it's great sign for us as a football club to have a bit of depth as well. Our reserves have only lost the one game to Greensboro in the first round. Um, they've won all their other games, and we've been able to get some good players come from the reserves to come and step into um, the senior side and have an impact straight away. Not all of them, but three or four of them that had an impact. And you know, we've really found some guys there through the injuries that we have had um, that we most probably didn't think that we had. So that's, I suppose, for us as a club, that's a great sign for us. We've got some depth this year. One of the, the younger players uh, in the side that's uh, impressed and, and had a really good final series and, and now is playing some, some good footy as well is, is Blake Watson. His first month of footy, um, I guess, gave a, a perfect indication that uh, he's certainly up to the grade to playing uh, you know, Division One footy in a, in a senior competition. Uh, I'd imagine that uh, he'd be right up there in, in best and fairest voting to, to this point of the season. Yeah, he's been super. And he, he was one of the guys that through um, COVID really applied himself. Um, so... No secret, you know, he, he did all the work with um, COVID, um, got himself super, super fit. He was really hungry to play Division One football. Like he, obviously, when we won the flag in 2019, uh, sorry, he was one of the guys that was really keen and sort of we spoke pretty quickly about where he needs to get to and how he's going to get there. So he took it all on board. And again, it's a reward for his effort because he's absolutely trained the house down through not only COVID when the pre-season started and um, we got back into it, so he's been super for us, and he's he's only just turned 20. Um, so hopefully we've got a, a long future ahead with um, him only getting better and better um, each week and obviously each year. And Zach Malloy's another youngster. You, you're not afraid to, to give him the big jobs. He, he played on uh, Shane Harvey on, on the weekend. I, I mean, go back to the grand final day, you know, did the job on, on Chris Aratus on, on the big stage as well. He, he seems to be a player that uh, you can you can give a, a big job and uh, and know he can, uh, he, he'd be re- willing to relish it. Yeah, he is. He's, he's an absolute ripper sack. Um, he was unfortunate. He was at, uh, through the COVID period as well. He was at Northern Blues. Uh, then the COVID period hit and they yeah, um, all broke up there and it became Preston or Northern Bullens, as they're called now. Um, he didn't most probably do the work over that COVID period, went down to Northern Bullens, got cut. So he was pretty disappointed, but he most probably wasn't fit enough. Um, but he's one of those kids that the bigger the challenge, the better he plays. So um, he loves it. Uh, which is great for me because uh, he'll put his hand up. You know, he he's been touched up by um, Lloyd uh, in round three by at Bandura, 
Um, but he wasn't shy to say, you know what, I'll put my hand up again. So, as I said, he's a really good kid, really easy to coach, um, and, yeah, loves the challenge of playing on the big game players. And now, uh, I guess, after having a, a win like that, that, like you had at the weekend, um, I guess it gives you your confidence going forward. But uh, just looking ahead to, to the upcoming fixture, you take on McLeod this week. They'll obviously have their, their tails up after also you know, opening their account at the weekend. But I guess uh, when you have a, a win like that, you, I guess you can start to look forward with, with some optimism. But, but what are the, um, I guess, the uh, goals you set for, for yourself as a club now going forward into, I guess, this next month or so ahead of the, the Queen's birthday weekend? Yeah, look, we this game. It's it's with us. We want to believe that we can win every game. Um, you know, if you, you don't believe, there's no point in playing. So we we've really been strong on you know that self belief and confidence. Obviously, winning uh, beating North Hollywood gives our group massive confidence. But we're under no illusions too. The competition's so even. I think McLeod are a lot lot better than what the results have shown over the first part of the um, year. So you know, it's going to be a tough day up there. Um, they're a very very good side. We've got a lot of good players, so it's another challenge for us. You know, we we look to improve every week, no matter if we win, lose, or draw. That's something that internally that we really push to improve um, each game. So, oh, if we can improve and iron things work out for us, yeah, it would be great to have another win. But as I said, the challenge for us is to just that consistency, um, and we need to bring it week in, week out. And I guess one one last one, Blair. We know that you know, obviously, in two thousand nineteen, you you win the premiership in in your first year as I guess as uh, as senior coach. You, you did it obviously in a caretaker capacity at Heidelberg, uh, going back about a decade. But but what's it been like now f- for you to um you know to coach in the top flight? There's obviously there's some you know pl- people you would have coached against that you'd be familiar with, of course, in in round two with with you know coaching against your great mate Danny Nolan. Um, but but what's it been like for for yourself to be coaching now in the top flight and uh, against you know some of the um, the people and the, the clubs that you've had a great uh, great history against. Oh, it's exciting. It really is. It's it's challenging, um, and that's what pushed me as a player was the challenge of you know trying to get out there and be the best I can, um, and also trying to go up against the better sides. Like you know, at the end of the day, you want to pride yourself on playing against the best, coaching against the best, um, and have an impact in that area. So it's exciting, mate. I you know I, I love it. It's great, um, and it, it said the challenge for us is to just make sure that we, and for me, I suppose, make sure we're at a level that we need to be week in, week out. So, yeah, mate, it's, it's exciting, really, really exciting. Well, Blair, again, congratulations on uh, on Saturday's win. We really appreciate your time in, in joining us uh, on the podcast this week, and uh, all the best of luck heading into this week's game against McLeod. All right, thanks, Samuel. Thanks for having me. At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds. Teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. La Trobe University. All kinds of clever. Great to hear from Blair Harvey, the senior coach of the Whittlesea Senior Men's Football Team. Nick Sacco just now quickly forecasting ahead to this weekend. I know we've mentioned it from the outset, but incredible in the three senior men's football competitions that uh, in all senior divisions you have 
first playing second. Yeah. What uh, are you looking forward to most from this weekend? I might have just stolen your thunder there. No, there's, there's plenty to choose from, and all three of those clashes are going to be very intriguing. Uh, North Heidelberg and Bandura does have a little bit of significance in the fact that I'm interested to see if Bandura can take the next step, and I reckon it's a perfect opportunity for them to do it against the Bulldogs. Well, um, they've won four in a row, yeah. but this is the big one, isn't yeah, it? When they, played, they played Heidelberg, who at the time were undefeated, but they acknowledged themselves as well. They, they uh, obviously played really well on the day, mm. but got Heidelberg at a good time with yeah. um, some key players out and injured on the day. But, mm-hmm. but this is the big one now, isn't it, for them? This will really, really show us where, where Bandura is at. Yeah, because the Bulldogs won't want to lose two in a row. They've got, they're going to bring some players back in, you feel like, with at least Brett Harvey. But yeah, Bandura, this will be a great opportunity for them. If they're able to scalp this and get a big win, then uh, all of a sudden that they might look a bit of a threat. So um, that's probably my pick. I will say that Brent Harvey could be pending North Melbourne play Saturday as well. Oh, yes, so okay. that's, uh, that's always one. We Starsevich? Uh, yeah, potentially so. Yeah, okay. um, but uh, yeah, with uh, with Boomer, it's obviously always an eye on, on what North Melbourne's doing. Yeah. They are playing uh, against Hawthorne on, on the Saturday. Um, but I guess we'll uh, we'll wait and see once once teams are announced. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great round of fixtures. I mean, you, you mentioned that one there, Banyul and, and Diamond Creek. Mm. Great test to see where, where Diamond Creek sits in the in the picture of things, but but also for Banyul. If they, if they were to win that one there, they're, they're the red-hot favourites for mine. They've beaten Lowell Plenty. They've beaten Altham. Yet to play uh, still Thomastown, but, but comfortably beat St Mary's as well. So they've, they've done uh, all they can do against their fellow top five sides. So, um, you know, this is if they win this one comfortably, I think it's uh, safe to say that early in the year that they, they are deserving of the Premiership favouritism tag. But, but Diamond Creek's playing some good footy and, you know, they're only lost so far this year by, you know, less than two kicks. So they're, they're showing good signs. And, and Lorimer versus South Moraine, we know the rivalry that those two clubs share, obviously close in proximity to one another. Already played some big finals as well. Their most recent game, the 2019 preliminary finals. So that's obviously a, a really exciting game coming up. Um, just loses that, that extra element, doesn't it, with not having two undefeated sides yeah. because Lorem has lost at the weekend. But but nevertheless, a, a really exciting game. And obviously from a netball perspective, exciting to have you now the 13 sections in, in full operation as well for, from this week. We don't have the fixtures, unfortunately, at the time of, mm. of our publication. But it's it's great to see that uh, you know we'll get that that um, that full complement of, of fixtures this weekend and um, you know and, and really see some, some great netball in the courts this year. And, and then the other game that uh, I really look forward to, Nick, and I'll just probably He's gone through a, a rather off a few of them, but from a um, from the women's football side of things, probably no greater rivalry at community level than, than Darabin up against Diamond Creek, and those two sides meet in uh, in Section One or Division One, Mervac uh, Division One women. So that's always a, a fierce rivalry, and uh, and and brings out some 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 great contests. So um, Darabin up against Diamond Creek. AH cap reserve and uh, that's just going to be section one only that you now with the way the sections have been broken up it won't be a double header the sides have met uh, already earlier this year with, with Diamond Creek taking the points so it, or Diamond Creek women's taking the points I should say so with uh, with that one does Darabin are they able to, to turn the tables and uh, and reverse that result from, from when they met in grading or will Diamond Creek women's continue its its unbeaten run so that game from, from 3 o'clock as well of course you can get all the fixtures at nfnl.org.au Nick thank you for joining us once again we're thoroughly looking forward to the weekend ahead and certainly excited to see what the action brings both on the netball courts but also on the footy field as well Cheers Sam Thank you. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. You have been listening to the NFNL podcast.